Well, hi there, this is Dan Jones with another quiet talk from my study. I'm the rector of St. Michael's Church in Colony, New York, and I'm glad you're listening. For the last three weeks, we've talked about characters from the Old Testament book of Judges. We talked about Gideon, Samson, and a fellow named Jephthah. I believe that God gave us the Old Testament not so we can use everything done there as a pattern for the way we conduct our church or the way we conduct society, but primarily as lessons for life. Often, they are negative lessons. In other words, we read tragic stories that serve as cautionary tales for us. Don't do it like this guy. Today, to close out our brief look at Judges, we're going to talk about two individuals of whom nothing negative is said. That's rare in this book. Our story begins in chapter 4, where we learn that Israel has done evil in God's sight. Nothing new there. Then, interestingly, we're told that God sold them into the hands of Jabin, king of Canaan, they were under his domination for 20 years. Human beings are only sold if they're slaves. When we forsake God and serve sin, we make ourselves slaves. We don't have to be slaves. If we follow Christ and submit ourselves to his loving lordship, we can be truly free. But as Jesus said, he who commits sin is the slave of sin. So the Israelites are in the hands of this pagan tribe. This king had some pretty advanced weaponry for his day, 900 iron chariots. This was very intimidating to the Israelites. They cried out to God to help them. And as usual, in his mercy, he answered. Now, in verse 4 of this chapter, we are introduced to the one judging Israel at this time, the prophetess Deborah. I like Deborah for what we read about her. I also like her because she has the same name as my wife. Deborah lived in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites would come to her for judgment. When they cried out to God for deliverance from King Jabin, of the Canaanites, Deborah called an Israelite named Barak to come for a visit. She said to Barak, God has commanded you to muster 10,000 soldiers, and I will draw out Sisera. Sisera was the commander of Jabin's army. And you will meet him by the river Kishon. He will have all his iron chariots with him and all his troops, but in spite of that, God will give him into your hand. Awesome. God is going to deliver us. God has promised victory over this powerful enemy. But Barak was afraid, apparently. He said to Deborah, I'm not going unless you go with me. This Certainly shows a lot of confidence in Deborah, but perhaps that not that much confidence in God's word to him, because she replied, I'll go with you, Barak, 
But let me tell you now that you're not going to get any glory from this adventure. As a matter of fact, God is going to deliver Sisera, the commander of the opposing army, into the hand of a woman. Ouch. There's a blow to the ego for you. Now keep in mind that in those days, it was a big deal to take down the military leader of the the opposition, the opposing general. It was a sign of your triumph that you killed the guy who said he was going to kill you. Remember David, the shepherd boy, cutting off the head of the giant Goliath with Goliath's own sword. And then he took Goliath's head back to Jerusalem to put it on public display. Now, I know that is gruesome and barbaric, but that's the way things were then. Don't get distracted by this offense to our modern sensibilities. If you do, you'll miss the point. So here's what happened. Barak went out to battle, accompanied by Deborah the prophetess. Sisera came against him with his entire force, including those iron chariots. And the Lord, just like he promised, he routed Sisera and his army. Israel won the day, but the commander of the enemy escaped. He got down out of his iron chariot and ran away on foot. In the meantime, Barak and his soldiers slaughtered every last one of their enemies, except, of course, Sisera. Sisera happened upon the tent of a woman named Jael. Jael was not an Israelite but was of a tribe that had been friendly with Sisera's tribe. He thought he would be safe hiding with her. That was a major miscalculation. Jael, the woman, said to Sisera, Don't be afraid. Come on into my tent where you will be safe. So he did. Jael covered him with a rug. Then Sisera said, May I have a little water? I'm thirsty. So Jael gave him some milk. We're not told if she gave him some cookies to go with it. But anyway, after drinking this nice milk, Sisera falls asleep. Perfectly normal reaction. But what happened next is not quite so normal. While this great military general was snoozing, Jael got a hammer and a tent peg, and she drove it through his temple into the ground. (laughs) Then with typical understatement, the Bible says, so he died. I've got to tell you, I myself am not a lover of violence. I'm really a de facto pacifist. That doesn't mean I wouldn't defend my family with whatever means were necessary, but I'm just telling you who I am. The situation would have to be extreme for me to use violent force. Having said that, I have to admit that I just love this story of J.L., the lady drilling this guy through the head with a tent peg after giving him a nice glass of warm milk. Think of me what you will, but this would make a great movie, no doubt R-rated. So what can we learn from this story? Again, try not to superimpose your modern opinions, beliefs, or sensibilities on it. Accept the fact 
that society was a lot different a few thousand years ago in the Middle East and try to learn what I believe God wants us to learn here. Now, if the Bible says anything, it continually teaches us to trust and believe God. The first great patriarch was Abraham. The New Testament points to him as an example we should follow. When God appeared to him in dramatic fashion and made those promises to him that we remember, the Bible says he believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. That's why we remember Abraham, because he believed God. Now back to our story for today. The prophetess, Deborah, told Barak to gather his troops and go against the enemy, and that the Lord would deliver that enemy into his hand. Barak should have just believed what God said. He should have gone then in faith and won the victory. If he had, Jael probably wouldn't have gotten to drive the tent peg through Sisera's temple. But instead of instantly obeying, he waffled. He wanted Deborah to go with him. Now, this is certainly a tribute to Deborah, but not to Barak. She said as much. She said, I'll go with you, but you're not going to have the victory you could have had. They defeated the enemy, but Barak didn't act in complete faith. It is in our nature to want tangible assurances of success before we launch any venture. I'm certainly like that myself. But when it comes to God, we must trust and obey without question. Those who do so are the ones who do great exploits for the kingdom. It is a fact that many heroes of the, of the faith in the Bible questioned God and argued with him when he gave them his instructions. Later, when God specified that Sarah, who was 90 years old by this time, would be the mother of Abraham's descendants, he laughed at God. Moses tried to get out of doing what God commanded him to do. He ultimately obeyed, but his reluctance is not exactly a shining spot on his record. I want to leave you with this wonderful verse from Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. You know, at some pivotal moments in my life, I've been told by well-meaning well -meaning people to lean on my own understanding, or as they put it, use your common sense. Now, there's nothing wrong with common sense. If it looks like it's going to rain, take an umbrella. But when God gives clear commands in Scripture, we are to obey. Those of you who attend St. Michael's have been blessed by the ministry of my youngest son, Benjamin, at the piano. He has a special talent. Let me just say that if Debbie and I had listened to people who said we weren't using common sense, Benjamin wouldn't be in the world right now. Trust and obey. 
Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord God, for, for the examples of those who obeyed you, who trusted you, Lord, against all odds, when everything was against them in the human sense. They listened to your voice and obeyed your voice, and you got them the victory. Help us, Father God, to trust you, to obey you, Lord God, not to lean on our own understanding, but to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts, Father. Bless those listening today to this message. Increase their faith. Strengthen them, Lord. I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you'd like to contact me, my email address is father.danjones at outlook.com. F-A-T-H-E-R dot D-A-N-J-O-N-E-S at outlook.com. God bless you.